the good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. We're talking about, it's actually a litre, we're talking about planning, Joe, we're talking about the sustained fat loss sat-nav planning episode which obviously i'm planning because i'm coming off back-to-back calls really really thirsty i had two minutes i had to run i had to have a pee get a drink pop my food on because that's planning absolutely top planning well done you should be very proud you're welcome it is huge absolutely after after goal setting and the reason we put goal setting first is because it's if you set off in the wrong direction or with no idea then you will you know you'll come undone but the second piece of that is almost always planning, is that if you haven't got a plan of what you're going to do, in fact, this course is called, you know, the, the SATNAV course, subject to change, it's called something different. Than <laughs> but if you don't have that plan, or you have no idea of what you're going to do, then everything becomes exponentially harder and you become so much more vulnerable to the trials and tribulations of life if you don't have solutions ready to go. Yeah, we talked in the in the goal setting part was kind of again, this is useless, my hand gestures for people listening, but you can picture it. Is you know where you're at right now, and if you know where your goal at goal at, your goal is at, the bit in between that needs to become the plan. So we know what your end goal person does that you don't do. So they are more consistent with their food choices, they plan in their treats, they um you know, are sensible around events. They do this, they do that. Now this planning part is actually how we put all that together or how we make it happen really, isn't it? It's, it's the, the easiest way, the least amount of friction that you can put into getting to that end result. And if you're just going into it willy-nilly, then things are going to be so much harder. I suppose, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a decent analogy. It's like, like you said, you know, it's going for a, a journey and not thinking about, well, what do I need to take? You know, what route am I going to take? What time shall I set off? What time am I going to get there? Do I need to book a hotel? You know, these are all things that you would plan a trip. You would plan a journey. See what I did there? Tied it in. So you need to plan somewhat your fat loss journey. And that's not to say that you need to know what you're going to eat three weeks on Tuesday. But we can do it on a smaller level to make things as easy as possible. You know, something as simple as I always get hunger on evening. Well, make sure that you have some snacks in that are more in line with your goals because if you go, oh, I'm really hungry, the only thing that I've got to eat is pickled onion monster munch. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to eat pickled onion monster munch. Or if you go, I get really hungry in the evening, what am I going to eat? Some high protein yogurt with some berries on. Oh, you know, perfect. There we go. Then it's going to be much easier for you to achieve your goals. That's the joy of planning. You said you said you've you've said some of the words. I'm gonna I'm gonna I've pulled some quotes in here that, that are very useful. A goal, well, I think, are a goal without a plan is just a wish, you know, and that's such a true. It's word. just a fart in the wind. Nice. That was a who said that one? Who said that's the spiritual uh, line? I think it was Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's this one? 
A dream written down with a date becomes a goal. Goal broken down, steps becomes a plan. A plan back by action makes your dreams come true. There you go. That might be Gandhi. That's it's nice just one. this point, isn't it, that the specific details without this, like James says, it's just a fart in the wind. Is it is not going to drive people forward? It doesn't give them a framework to fall back to. One of the quotes that James quite likes that I sometimes steal is we always, you know, that we go back to our lowest level of training and that when we're under stress, we go back to these default habits. And this is what's so hard to break. When people say it's just a habit, I wouldn't say it frustrates me, but it always makes me say it's so much more than that. Is there so this is just this massive oversimplification if we say, oh, it's just a bad habit. You know, this isn't something that people grow out of. It's not biting your nails. It's not, you know, sucking your thumb or anything else people do as kids. This is habits that are with people for decades. You know, the vast majority of their life, as soon as you get control over your food, most people then start to use food for comfort or for reasons other than satiety, health and happiness. And it's going to take more than that to get to get around this. It's not just something that because you've made a decision because you looked in the mirror and decided that you really are fatter than you want to be, but then forever you're going to be able to follow this, this path of action. And we have to put strategies in place to make this easier. And I think this is a really good call for people who've worked this for a long time, people who are new to the system, people who are doing well at the moment. Because odds on, if you look at what you what have you done well before that's worked, what you're doing at the moment that, that's working, or what are you not doing at the moment that did work before, that's going to be a big part of this is this sequence of events that makes it easier. And, you know, often people will say, oh, I just, if I had a personal chef, this would be so much easier. Like, well, unless you've got 25 grand knocking around with nothing to do with, you're probably not going to be able to afford a personal chef. But this is the closest it's going to get for most people. It's, it's having a rough idea of what you're going to eat. So that when, like James says, you're looking around and all you can see is Monster Munch. If you have food ready to go, then it's going to be so much easier to stick to. I know one of the things that I've said before that, I always think especially valid here is if you look at the benefit that planning has for me, you know, out of all the people that I work with, no one probably has it easier than me. I choose my own working hours. I choose the time that I get, I get up. I haven't got decades of bad eating habits. I've been a nutrition coach for 10 years, including being a personal trainer. I've not got any dependents. I've not got poorly parents or children. I've got none of the pressures that most people have. But when I wake up in the morning, I don't have food ready to go in the fridge or an idea of what I'm going to eat. It's exponentially harder. And I can think of years of my life where I've then eaten whatever I've come across, a bit like a forager, because I've not had that plan in place. So what chance do you have if you are a busy working mum with decades of bad habits, who isn't a nutrition coach, who hasn't got the knowledge and skills that I have? You have other dependents in the form of children's spouse, parents. You know, your, your time is much more limited. So it's just as, as cut and dry as that for me, that if you want this process to be easier, which everyone does, then there has to be, you, you have to put this thought in at the start. You have to, to invest that time initially in regards to what am I going to do this week in order to be able to do it long-term and, and be successful with the process. Yeah, I think just to just pick up on that, what you were saying, it, it is about making it as easy as possible. Like you said, you know, if you wake up in the morning, you do get this... Um, I suppose people do suffer from decision fatigue and you're making it harder for yourself if then you have to go each meal, what am I going to have? And again, don't get me wrong, it's not that everyone has to plan everything to a certain degree. I'm not a meal planner. You know, I'll go day to day and I'll go meal to meal, but then I'm relying 
on a different set of skills there to make good choices constantly, you know, consistently. And I'm giving myself more wiggle room to mess up. I'm giving myself more wiggle room to make a poor choice. I'm giving myself more wiggle room to get hungry and go to the supermarket and go, you know what? I'm just going to get some pizzas, you know? So it would be easy for me if I did have a plan, if I did have the meals in. But again, it's going to be what works for you. And like, you know, as everyone is an individual, you know, some people will get along really well with batch cooking. Other people don't like that. You know, some people will prep all the meals on a, on a, on a Sunday or, or whatever it is. Other people don't, don't get along with that. It really is kind of finding what works for you. But, you know, we're talking about the easiest way possible for you to be successful. And even I think, you know, when we talk about planning, automatically people will just think a meal plan, meal plan, meal plan. And you do see these all over Instagram and, and all this. It's not just about the meal plan. It's about how are we going to plan everything? And again, it doesn't have to be like to the eighth degree, but it's more likely to happen if you plan it. It really is. If you plan a party, it's more likely to happen. If you plan a holiday, it's more likely to happen. So even as simple as plan when you're going to do your meal plan you know we get messages all the time i'm sure joe will be the same you know where people be like i think i really need to do a meal plan so i'm going to look to do that okay when tell me when you're going to do that is it going to be two o'clock on a, on a sunday afternoon that's going to be when you reserve an hour where you look at how to plan your meal and then when are you going to go food shopping right monday evenings at seven o'clock cool so then we've got those settings stone kind of um, it's more likely to happen when you're going to work out. You know, if I say, you know, if me and Joe are talking, I'm like, I'm getting really annoyed that I'm not training enough. Joe, and I say, Joe, I'm going to definitely going to train next week. That might happen. But if I go, Joe, I'm going to train next week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, 7 a.m. And I'm going to do push, pull, legs, upper body. Then that's more likely to happen because I've committed to something. And I've set aside a time and, and all these things. So again, planning is not just about what you're going to have for breakfast. It is about that. But we can put it around everything that makes it more likely, you know, this little compound effect that you're going to be successful. I think if we're looking, you know, one thing that's I've, I kind of jumped ahead of is that the very first point of this is you have to figure out what foods you like. And I think you have to take responsibility that this is, this is on you, is that if we haven't got a personal chef who's going to do all the work for us, then it's your responsibility to, to find food that you like and to satisfy your taste buds. And it's something as simple as going through the eat, avoid list that will be shortly renamed as the great or moderate list, something along those lines. That's what we're going for. Any suggestions <laughs> from, from us? Drop in the comments. And then it's a case of taking responsibility for, for your palate being satisfied because it's not mine and James's job. You know, we can't write specific meal plans for you we could we could but we don't think it's the right thing to do in that they're not specific enough it's not teaching you the skills that you need and so this has to stop you know the book stops you in this sense almost and this is why it's, it's so hard at the start and people often say i just don't have to think about my food all the time i just want this to be easier you know you wouldn't do your first driving lesson and go why can't i do this really easily yet but that's not how it works that's your reward for doing these things longer term you don't do the first week of uni and then ask where your graduate certificate is because it you have to invest this time to get better at these skills. And anyone who's telling you otherwise is probably selling you something that does it for you. They're probably selling meal plans, recipe boxes, personal chef, whatever it may be. I've really got to be in my bonnet about this personal chef thing, don't I? I've got nothing against personal chefs. But it's, you have to take the time to do that. And then once that task is done, it's then boxed off. 
So I know there's four or five meals, some of the meals I've had today, in fact, I absolutely love because I've gone through the process of finding foods I like, cooking those meals and going, oh, that's really good. I could eat that again. And when you get this list of 10 meals or 15 meals or whatever you need, that you can go back to. And I haven't got a physical list. I just know the food that I like. It makes it so much easier because I've gone through that time of finding solutions to problems because I've planned historically. I've not gone into Tesco and gone, oh, what, te- what food could Tesco provide for me? And that's what people do. They have this, this endless reliance on other people. It's someone else's fault. And it's not, you know, we have to take responsibility for these things and to put the time in. And, you know, James said then, you know, take an hour on a Sunday afternoon. It doesn't take an hour. You know, you can go on BBC Good Food and find one new meal. And if you did that once a month, you know, very quickly, even if you only liked half of them, you'd still have five new meals a year that you liked. And very quickly, not super quickly, you could obviously do it faster than that. But in the grand scheme of dieting, most people, you know, we have a lot of people who are in their 30s, 40s, 50s saying, I just don't know what to eat. I don't, you know, I don't know what nutritious meals I like. And then it, it, it is going to be hard for those people to learn those things because it, it's an inconvenience. But how convenient is it being fat and unhealthy? And it's, it's picking your poison. It's choosing where, you know, what's worth it to you. And I think for, for most people, building healthy habits, you know, being a good example to their kids, finding solutions to problems, these are all skills that are worth putting time into. Nice. I think just as a, a slight segue, got a bit of feedback. Um, I was speaking to a lady who says she really struggles with consistency. Um, and then she said, I just don't know. And she, similar thing to what you said. Um, I don't know what to eat, you know, what a healthy meal is. And then she said, I just need a meal plan. And then she said, I'm a really fussy eater. And I was like, look, I can't help but say there's, there's, this is very disjointed what you're saying. You're telling me you don't know what a healthy meal is. And I gave a few examples. I was like, well, which one's the healthy one? Which one's the unhealthy one? She's like, this is this. Like, you do know what a healthy meal is. Everyone has a very good idea what a healthy meal is. If, you have, if I put down chicken, baked sweet potato, broccoli, and asparagus next to a KFC bag and bucket, people are going to go, all right, I get that. Oh, the KFC, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm just going to eat all the skin off it. <laughs> Thank you, Colonel. Um, and then I said, and you're saying you want this prescriptive meal plan, but you're a massively fussy eater. And then she's like, and then I get really bored. Like, that, those things don't marry up. So I was saying to her that that's we need to work on your skill set. We need to work on your you know, knowledge or confidence around food choices. But then even with the, the planning aspect, again, it's, it's, it goes beyond just what you're going to have for breakfast, what you're going to have for lunch, what you're going to have for dinner. You know, we have clients who are you know, extraordinarily busy um, you know, with work, with homeschooling. So then you plan, well, how can I make this day go how I want it to go? What's the easiest way of doing that? And, you know, I have clients who go, well, what, by the time I get in, I don't want to cook a meal. I'm absolutely starving. Going back to Joe's personal chef rant, if I knocked on the door, if you got home from work and it's like eight o'clock at night, you're like, I cannot be asked cooking. I'm absolutely shattered. Now, you know, you want me to make this? I'm not going to do that. No, I knocked on your door and went, oh, here you go. Here's your... um Here's your meal. It's in a Tupperware container. Just heat it up and you'll have a nutritious meal in three minutes. You would be able to eat that. You won't be like, well, I'm just going to phone Deliveroo. So again, like Joe said, it's you probably can't afford me to come around and deliver your food because I'm expensive. 
Okay. I was going to say butler in the buff, but that would definitely put anyone off their dinner. <laughs> See my hairy ass walking away. <laughs> I don't want to eat this now. Did you make that in, the, in that outfit? Anyway, it's how can you make that happen? So is that you using, I don't know, a really reliable, delicious, slow cooker food providing company if you're in the, the Leeds area? Um, you know, having something in a slow cooker so when you're getting it, it's ready. Having a you know meal that you've already cooked that's ready to heat up, buying you know uh, a calorie controlled ready meal. It, it's planning those things as well. If you know you're gonna have a really busy day, then get your food in. So I know I've got a really busy day. So not ideal, certainly not ideal. Again, no uses for the people on podcast. You can hear me rustling. I've managed to snaffle uh, a protein bar. I've got uh, a shaker with some uh, oat milk in, and I've got my protein powder down here. So if I do get really hungry, I can have these instant things. That's my small degree of planning that I've had. Instead of me just getting, I'm absolutely starving. And then another hour going downstairs and like a pig sniffing for truffles, try and find something, you know, that's really high calorie and delicious because that's what I'd be craving. So it's planning goes not just, like I said, what meals are you going to have, but looking at your days, how can I make this easier? You know, what have I got going on this day? How can I make that easier? Do I need to take some protein bars with me? Or do I need to have food ready for when I get in? Or, you know, when am I going to work out in this day or this week? You know, all these things become part of your plan for success. Again, yeah, the food bit is going to be a huge part of it. But then if you start, again, looking at what's my day going to be like, how can I make it as easy as possible to get, the foods in that I want to stick to, I want to stick to, whether that's buying packs of ham and packs of, you know, pre-cut melon or whatever it is, easiest way possible. Always the the least, the least amount of friction, Joey, we want. Creepy. I think the the next point from that, and I think a lot of people go, yeah, plan my meals. I, I know to do that. One of the things that often surprises people I found is that when they plan their high calorie treats in and when they plan and schedule when they're going to go off plan and what they're going to have is that this gives a feeling of kind of not relaxation, but maybe a feeling of contentment because James mentioned the decision fatigue piece earlier. When people say I'm going to have less chocolate than usual is that then when you're under stressful situations is there's lots of questions to be asked then. Well, you know, can I have a hundred grams? Is it 50 grams? If I have some now, can I have some tomorrow? And you then have so many things going on where, where people just give in sales companies use stuff like this to, to get people to, to pay more money is that you ask people lots of questions, they get bored and they go for the default option. And this is what you see happening with people's food decisions. And what we're looking to do with sustain is to, for people to have high calorie food at moments that really mean something to them. And this is the piece around, you know, if you look over your week normally and you have two glasses of wine every night, how many of those are had because there was something you genuinely wanted? If, if so, then how excessive is that? Or how many of those pieces are being had as a reaction to other stresses? And I think that when you plan something in, you get to have the pleasure before the event. So if you look at, you know, kids in Christmas Day, they get an immense amount of pleasure six weeks before Christmas because of this element of anticipation. Whereas if you just woke them up one morning and said, it's Christmas Day today, I've got loads of presents downstairs. They miss, you know, you miss out, they miss out with the food situation. You miss out on this anticipation and the pleasure and the thoughts and you build it up to be something that it's not. And that's fine because you get a lot of pleasure from this. You know, it's almost like the the opposite of worrying. 
Worrying is a negative feeling about something bad that might happen. Anticipation is a positive feeling about something that might happen. It doesn't then necessarily matter if the chocolate is the most delicious thing you've ever had or it's not. It's because you've maximized the pleasure from that. And then it's, it, can hold, it can help people hold on to stuff. You know, if you're saying, I'm going to have some chocolate on Friday and it's Wednesday, well, you, you don't then need to have some because it's coming. It's only 36 hours away. You've already scheduled it in. And it's just that delaying gratification piece. If I can, I can have this pleasure a little bit later. And it's true. You can eat whatever you want. And when it's scheduled in, this element of planning, again, makes a big difference in, in helping people to reduce their intake of high-calorie pieces. And it's, it just depends what level of detail you want to go to here because you can plan everything. You can plan your food for the week. You can plan your exercise. You can plan your sessions. But it's trying to find those big wins. You know, what's going to really bring something around easily? You know, James mentioned kind of the packs of ham. You know, instead of the monster munch or you know whatever it was, I wasn't really listening to what he was talking. But I imagine something like that. And the, this is the same with the high calorie piece. If you just say, "I'm going to have a dessert on Friday," you don't have to know exactly what you're going to have. But odds on, this is a step forward. Yeah, I think just just to touch on that because we do get people who just go, "Well, how do I how do I do this? How do I know how much I can have? You know, how, how do I know how much chocolate? Or how frequently I can have it?" And and the questions I'd always ask is, "How much do you feel?" you need to, you know, have to be satisfied and how frequently do you need to have that? But then set it because like you said, you when you get that when people go, well, I'm still going to have a few drinks on a weekend. There's nothing to measure about. There's nothing to be able to adjust there because a few could be two, could be four, could be six because technically you've only had a few drinks. You know, if you go, oh, I'm going to have a slice of pizza every single day. Cool. That's what you need. Let's do that. And then we've got something to manage. If you go, I'm going to have some pizza each week and you have two slices on a Monday, then 10 on a Tuesday, none on a Wednesday, six on a Thursday. We've got no way of kind of seeing what's going on, what we can, you know, what needs to change should we need to. So it's about asking what do you need to be happy? How much do you need? You know, how frequently do you have it? And then stick to that. And then we can see if we need to adjust from there. Someone's going, I need to have 200 grams of chocolate every single day. I definitely question it. And it's, good, it's definitely going to need to be, to be adjusted. So it's always got to come from the individual as well. You know, some people will be able to have one gin and tonic a week. Other people will need to have, want to need to have, want to have, you know, a bottle of wine over a weekend. You know, it's, it's whatever it is. But again, you know, going away from that good, bad food choices you've just got to set something but again without that plan without just going i'm going to have some you're leaving yourself open to well to be less likely to be successful let's say yeah it's just giving yourself a start point isn't it and i i was talking with someone the other day about a well-known diet company and one just of their it, things was, just say it so give me the initials give me the initials noom and my fitness pal both do it of how much weight do you want to lose yeah. and do you want to lose a pound a week or two pounds a week now, I bet in the history of my fitness pal and Noom, no one has clicked one pound. And it's, it's giving false hope. It's giving false promises. And rather than saying, here's your wildest dream, let's aim for that, it should really be what you're willing to sacrifice, what's realistic for you. And it's a case of if you can get away with having 100 grams of chocolate a day and losing weight, as James says, I still question it. But that's cool. But, you know, most people don't have that wiggle room. And you've got to be aware of your own limitations. We've got, um, through the Sustain Elite plan, which is the, the, the upper tier of coaching that we do, I was looking at my list of clients and I was thinking, 
I think when I did the numbers, like 80% of them at the moment will feel like they're being hard done to with their results. Because there's a small fraction of ladies who are making what they would class and what I would class as really good progress. I would class as really good progress. They will probably see it as the absolute minimum. But the remaining 80%, I know from speaking to them, that they feel hard done by, by their results. And this is just how it is. And we have to be completely aware of this, that it's just the smoke and mirrors, mirages, you know, people selling plans saying, you know, you can work this pizza and bottle of Mountain Dew into your calories if, and I'll teach you how. It just doesn't work like that. Everyone is different and you've got to, to be fully aware of that and to take all of these things with a pinch of salt that you can't, in most cases, have your cake and eat it. Every, everyone has to put in more effort than, than they'd like to. Is there Grant Cardone, who's a property entrepreneur, talked about the 10x rule. But any goal worth achieving will take 10 times longer than you think it will. It'll take 10 times more effort. And if I look at my experience with rowing, with sustain, refurbishing a house, you know, that rule fits perfectly. Is You think, ah, it's going to take me three weeks. And I'll just do it in my spare time. Like, that's not how it works. And it's being aware of this. And yet, you know, to go back to the original point, planning your treats, have what you want. But be aware that's probably going to have to adjust and it's very rare that people can have everything they want and the results they want too. 100%. And, you know, just to, to touch on that, you know, people getting frustrated about results. I know this is not really a topic of the podcast, but it, it's about being able to kind of step back sometimes and look at that whole bigger picture. And again, you know, I was actually just talking about that with, with the client calls earlier. One of my elite clients, like saying with my fitness pal, like, Everyone just goes, yeah, two pounds. It's like almost saying, oh, here's your new job. How much would you like to earn? 40,000 pounds a year or 20,000 pounds a year? Like, you know, yeah. uh, let me go for the 40. You know, but then like I say unrealistic expectations makes things much harder to stick to. Um, but yeah, that, that idea to look back where people have this idea that, well, two pounds a week, I need to lose two pounds a week. If I don't lose two pounds a week, it's slow progress. And going back to when I kind of, lost my baby weight <laughs> the year after Magnus is born. Um, <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, that's amazing. So I lost like 18 kilos, which is like 40 pounds, which is like two and a bit stone. Everyone's like, that's amazing, James. Well done. That's averages out at half a pound per week. You know, it, it's about that, which people would be like after, you know, two months of doing that going, this is not working. This is rubbish. Whereas if you stick it out, like you said, you know, for, 12 months you get what you believe is fantastic results you know people literally say great result well done are the exact people who would think those those results are crap these are these are slow results so having that ability to step back i know that's not about planning but i feel like i had to mention it um but yes i think that the whole planning aspect it gives you a, again a blueprint to see what is working and what is not working but if you go into it blindly, and again, you know, we see and people are probably guilty, you know, listening to this, watching this, have just gone, right, that's it, Monday, I've gone on a diet. I want to lose a stone, two stone, three stone, five pounds, whatever it is, and then just go it blindly. I'm going to, uh, you know, follow whatever system blindly and not really know what's going on. When if you've got that plan, you can review what's working. You know, imagine, imagine, Joe, if we ran the business without any kind of plan. 
you won't be able to see what's working, what's not working. What that's, needs that's, what I try to, that's what I try to do. You don't let me. <laughs> <laughs> what needs adjusting, what doesn't. We'll start, we'll start this now. <laughs> Tomorrow. No, we started yesterday. I won. Um, but, it is, but it is like that playground joke, isn't it? Of like, And people approach diets like, starting again from now. Like, But you've not put in the requisite time that you need. You know, and the same with, with running a business, doing any, anything that requires long-term strategies. You have to have a guideline before you set off. Otherwise, you're going to come unstuck very quickly, as I find whenever I have a crap idea that I try to launch too quickly. <laughs> but having that plan, having something set in motion, means that then you can look back, oh, what bit of that worked, what didn't work, what would I need to you know, repeat again, or what, what do I need to adjust? If we don't have that plan, you know, like you might go, right, I've planned all these meals. That didn't work on Tuesday or that didn't work on Monday because I had to do this, this, and this. So I need to adjust that. But without a plan, we've got no kind of record of what needs adjusting as well. And again, don't just feel that planning is what you're going to have for, you know, lunch on Thursday afternoon. It can go into all aspects of your fat loss. When are you going to work out? How are you going to work out? When are you going to go do your shopping? You know, honestly, and this is, I'm not singling out anyone, but <laughs> it always amazes me that you get these messages when people do their online food shopping. And if that online food shop is two hours late, the only thing people have in the house is like mini cheddars or something really high calorie. And that's the only, thing, yeah, the only thing that they could possibly ever eat. So if you constantly run out of food by the end of the week, which causes you to accidentally eat the frozen pizzas that you bought, or get a takeaway, then you need to go, right, well, I need to plan to do like a little mini shop on a Wednesday evening or, you know, whatever it is, look at what you struggle with and plan how you're going to fix that. And if yeah, you're struggling with that, speak to your coach, speak to us. James James made a good point in there about kind of doing a plan, assessing what worked and then plan again. And you can, you know, the plan will get better, but it has to start somewhere. And I think that so often if you're making the same mistakes or historically you make the same mistakes as a client of mine who was saying she struggles because her sister brings around food for the kids and she then struggles because it's in the house and it's stuff that she likes. And if you don't plan in regards to speaking to your sister and, and making alternative arrangements, then this is going to keep happening. There's, there's reason and rationale behind this. And, you know, it's some of this comes down to the communication piece of, you know, this lady's sister obviously thought she was doing something good and being helpful but it was running counter to my client's goals. And you then have to go, right, this isn't working now. I'm, I keep being faced with temptation. And, and the same thing is happening. You know, it's Matt, what is it, the, the supposed Einstein quote of insanity is the, the definition of insanity is doing the same things, expecting different results. So if every time your sister turns up with high calorie food and you want to stop eating it, but you can't, you've got to do something about that. You've got to speak to her, ask her to change change the habits bring different food around you know something there's a there is a solution to this problem somewhere and if you get used to doing that then you can be successful or you've got a much better chance of being successful yeah i think you know again maybe moving back to that that fear of failure that a lot of people that we come across a lot um is people don't want to put a plan in in case they don't stick to it but then maybe that plan wasn't realistic or maybe that plan needs adjusting it's just Again, it comes down to definitely dealing with the individual. And that's, you know, one of the benefits of that, uh, of the one-to-one -one coaching that we offer is we can make these things fit and you can try something. We go like, all right, this didn't work. Or, you know, you've got an event. You know, again, moving beyond just a meal plan, 
people have a weekend away, people have a social engagement. What's the plan for that? You know, kind of how are you going to approach that? It's just all these little mini plans, I suppose, that go on. It's just plan, 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 plan. That's all it is. But again, it's giving you a framework that's going to make it more likely for you to succeed. Again, like you'd plan a journey, you plan a day out. It's more likely to go to plan if you have a plan, surely, um, and more likely to be successful. And you could do this stuff to the nth degree. And I think, you know, putting myself in kind of clients' perspectives is you're like, well, I've got a plan for my food normally. And then if I have a weekend away, I've got a plan for that. And then, you know, my friends coming over, I've got a plan for that. It can sound wearing, but it's not, you know, this is just what you make of it. And I think if I was going for a weekend away, my version of planning would be, I'll take some oats, berries and protein powder for breakfast. I'll take a couple of packs of ham just to give myself some options. And then suddenly that is a 10 second. I thought of that in 10 seconds. That takes me two minutes to prepare to get that food out or to, to buy it from Sainsbury's or wherever, you know, other, other supermarkets are available. Then that makes my life so much easier. It might save me thousands of calories over the course of a weekend. If, you know, if I skip breakfast or I have a full English, it's easy a thousand calories in a full English that, well, that I would make. Or if I skipped a meal, I could easily get through another thousand later in the day. And those small things then pay me a huge dividend in regards to the time that I put in. You know, it's minutes of work to save me thousands of calories you know if i wanted to save that well burn it from an exercise perspective you know it's, it's huge you wouldn't be able to do it and so we're not expecting people to, to sit down with their with their pen and pad and write down everything and do their macros and work out what micronutrients are missing and everything else but just start somewhere and see where it gets you yeah, yeah. just, just going to touch back on on what you said there and then a throwback to that is it doesn't have to be like you know, perfect. I'll have this and I'll have that. Is you know, it might be like, well, we've got a meal out. So what I'm going to do is I'm not going to have a starter. I'm going to have a glass of wine. And I'm not going to have a dessert. That's your plan for that meal. Yeah. That that's the way you're going to control calories. And like you know, you just rattled that off there for a weekend away, and you know you can do that because you've got more repetitions at this. You've mm-hmm. got more of a, a skill set at this. And to throw back, I think to conclude the podcast right to the start when you said about learning to drive, you know, you get in. And all of a sudden, it's massively overwhelming. It's like, right, so I've got to do the clutch. Push the clutch in. Yeah, and and do the brake and the accelerator with the same foot. And I've got to change gear. And I've got to look in these three mirrors. And I've got to do the signal. And it's there's so much stuff going on that you have to concentrate. But now, you know, everyone will have had that drive home. We're just like, I do not remember driving home. (laughs) Like, I have just driven 45 minutes. And I don't remember anything about that journey. Because it becomes second nature. And the more repetitions you get into this kind of, you know, planning. Again, it is loose planning. It's not like having it write down. Just as simple as, you know, that example I had about going out for a meal or Joe had for going away for a weekend. It does get easier because you have to think less about it. And know people want to get to this, you know, meditative state where they don't have to think about food. But you do. You still have to weigh up these things, no pun intended, when you go out and be like, right, am I just going to go all in, ultimate mega stacker breakfast or like Joe said, am I going to get some oats, maybe get some fruit and then, you know, see what I find for lunch or whatever. It's, it's whatever works for you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a full plan. Is it that the weekend I did there is, and that's because it's a weekend away. I would want to have a meal out, you know, or go for a pub lunch, whatever. But that is then if you think I've, I've covered my meals, I've covered one meal and a snack. If I eat five times a day, which I do. I've suddenly covered two out of five of those meals. 
So 40% of the day is then pretty good, which is a hell of a lot better than the zero, which it would be otherwise. It's, it's just, that is a, you know, a very simple way of managing it. Sweet. So I think, yeah, in conclusion, if you want the easiest path to success, you need to plan that path. And again, to what degree you plan it will totally depend on you. Um, but, and again, if you've never planned before, or even if you have planned before, then it just might not be a successful plan. And again, you know, it just might need to adjust that. And that's the joy of one-to-one coaching. We can help you with that. Perfect. All good? Perfect. Gonna go eat. Awesome. That's my plan. Right. Have a good day, guys and girls. Cheers, guys. Thank you for joining us. See you later. Bye.